0: On. Welcome to Circuitous Conversations with Bill and Dan, episode 63 for Tuesday, November 15th, 2011. I am Bill Wadman.
1: And I am Dan Gottesman. 63, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, man. It's a lot. We're getting up there. We're getting up there. Uh, over, over a year.
0: Yeah, well over a year. Well over a year. Mm-hmm. You know, we were just playing with that artist statement statement generator online yeah you just told me about that i thought it was pretty fun it is pretty genius uh the, and it's funny you can actually still you can just keep clicking and it just keeps updating it which influences f- as diverse as nietzsche and andy warhol new combinations <laughs> are manufactured from both simple and complex meanings nice <laughs> genius. Is there a, I,
1: I, I wonder how long you'll have to hit it until you get the word juxtapose that's one of my favorite Pro- statement words probably
0: not that far uh it's uh, com. well we'll put a, a link to it in there we that. will put a link to the thing man artist statements you, you know you went to art school so you dealt with people with artist statements oh yeah sure did and d- did they find
1: them as silly as i do
0: um
1: or well do people f- take
0: them seriously
1: it's it's interesting um it depends on who you're talking to because the the world of when, once you get to the whole con- the, the world of Art state artist statements and art statements and that sort of thing. Yeah. That, that kind of is where additional things come into play. Like that's where, like you're talking about, um, museum stuff. Like get, if you want to get your work in a museum, Yeah, that kind of, you know, that's the level, uh, that, that these are also the people who are applying for grants, you know, yeah. who are asking for money. um, you know, at people who show in galleries and who sell their work like for 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 real money, you know, for like not yeah. like fifty bucks or a hundred bucks, but you know, like thousands of dollars.
0: But is there? But I guess my question is: okay, that may be all true, but is there any actual meaning in them, okay. or is it just a whole bunch of fluff to make people who don't know any better think that it's more important than it is?
1: Well, I don't know. I mean, what you have to ask yourself really is: is who's the audience here? Who who who's consuming that? Who who are you writing that for? Um, and I mean, if you're asking me, that that whole world is a sort of self-contained little bubble. You know, yeah, where, yes. where the people who care about that stuff take it really seriously, and and they have, you know, they value, a, a, you know, whatever you want to call it, they they attach a lot of weight and value to that thing, and for them, it's it's a big deal. You know,
0: yeah, yeah. I just, I, I, I guess, I've never read one that actually made me think
1: more of the work you know i feel yeah. like if
0: work can't stand on its own then there's something wrong with the work
1: i i mean i hear what you're saying i i i do actually have a, a an appreciation for a good artist statement um because for me <clears throat> if you're asking me the, the artist statement should basically give you just a little bit of insight as to what the artist's intent was and i think we talked about this a little bit before as far as how um for me anyway intent kind of has holds the most weight. You know, I, I think uh, what you had in mind and what you were going for is almost more important than what you ended up with. Okay. Um, more You know, more of that whole journey versus destination thing.
0: I guess if you... The ideal situation would be if you had a concept in mind and you actually achieved it.
1: Well, yeah, and I, I mean, ideally, most of the time, that's what happens. Yeah. But so what, So what? so as far as I'm concerned... An artist's statement is basically just, uh, uh, you know, well, think of it this way. It's like, so let's say you see this really cool photograph or this really cool painting or sculpture or whatever, mm-hmm. some piece of art, and you, you, it, it's working. You get it. You know, it looks really cool. It, it has a great composition, this and that. But wouldn't it be cool if you could have a quick chat with the artist and say, hey, hey so where did you uh, – where, where, where'd you come up with that idea or, you know where are you sure. coming from, where are you coming from yeah. and to me that's what the artist statement yeah. should be it should be the answer to that question right of, or or written before you even start the work well, To see like this is see, this is this is yeah. what I'm trying to achieve yeah I mean ideally but but I that I don't necessarily think that that's a, a mandatory realistic. thing but well it's not it's realistic but it's not mandatory because some people work improvisationally and they don't know sure. what they're gonna get or sometimes yeah. you make something and it was a happy accident yeah I guess the th- I guess my
0: main issue with it is that I don't ever feel like when I'm reading them I'm getting a real answer. I feel like I'm getting the answer that people think that you want. You know what well, I'm saying? That I like, do. I do. The, there the, is the writing definitely writing in that fluffy stuff yeah. that's just like okay, just yeah,
1: it, like like uh, legalese. put away the bud word. Yeah, it's like, this, like the like yeah. the stuff that you see in contracts and you know wills yes. and you know it's it's the artistic version like that. of that exactly. Yep. And I'm yep. not a huge fan of that. In fact, no. Uh, well, yeah. Well, you, you anyway?
0: know, speaking of legally is not that this is today's topic. I just want to know what you think about it because I've never discussed it with you. Um Last night, yeah, they kicked everyone out of that park. Oh yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, the yeah, Occupy Wall Street thing, uh-huh. and and the argument was that well, first of all, it's a public park and you're not allowed to camp there. It's so true. Yeah. These people are, were already breaking the law from day one. Uh huh. You know, uh, but also that there were like health implications because it got so disgusting and smelled like a bunch of homeless people. Sure, and you know there's standing water, and people were cooking in there, and it's like you can't. Yeah, yeah. Let so go. It's not
1: really what it was for. So they
0: kicked everybody out, and then they like pressure washed the whole place. <laughs> cool. And I, I mean, it is now one twenty, but I, a couple hours ago I looked, and there were people with court orders saying you have to let us back in, and all this fighting and stuff. I, not getting into whether or not. The occupy wall street people have a point or whether it's worth their time because they're hitting their heads up against brick walls or whatever but just you do you think that it was a good move to to you know push their buttons by arresting a bunch of people and cleaning it up or do you think it was a necessary thing of the fact that there were people there for a month and a half
1: i'm not sure what you mean
0: would you have done the same thing as mayor (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't know. Mr. Mayor. I'm not the mayor, dude. <laughs> mayor, uh, the, uh, politics is not my scene. Politics a, is all about, you know, saying yes to the right people at the right time. <laughs> um, uh, so, I mean, obviously he's got a bunch of crap on his plate and yeah. he's getting pressure from all sorts of people and he had to do what he had to do.
0: Yeah. You know, I, you gotta wonder, the people who live around there or work around there, I mean, do they have any rights as far as like... I can't leave my building or all these businesses are going out of business because no one can get to them because they can't get around this giant group of people. You know, there's, there's a lot of implications. It's a,
1: it's a big giant mess. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm just impressed that, that it's, it's lasted this long. Yeah. What Um, is it? A couple months, right? Yeah, for sure. And you know, and the fact that it also sort of replicated a little bit in other cities and other locations. Yeah. Um, Yeah.
0: I have no problem with what they're
1: saying. And I tend to agree with a lot of things they're saying. they
0: just, it doesn't seem like anybody's come up with a, this is what we want, like an action item list. Yeah. This, I don't and, think and, this and, particular...
1: Okay, I, I, I'm complaining about it, too, but what are you going to do about it? Right. You know? Well, here's, here's my take on it. I mean, I think it's clear that, um, you know, people people are going out and they're upset, right? And I think what wound up happening was rather than a bunch of specific people being upset about some specific stuff, it turned into this sort of just, you know... Group, aha uh, what do you want to call it? A uh, you know, massive bunch of people upset about a, a bunch of different things. You think you it's know? like a? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, so, so, yeah. Unfortunately, they they aren't that well organized. But you know, it's a lowest common denominator thing where rather than having 15 people who are upset about this one thing, you get. Fifty people who are upset about these four or five different things, and then maybe another handful of people who are just upset in general, but they don't know what. But they like the idea of it, and because there are yeah. so many people doing it, it makes it that much less risky and more tempting. Um, and so, while while I don't necessarily believe that the the, the you know the big protesty thing is going to have um, a major obvious impact immediately, what I do have a hunch about is that. Uh, it will have a minor or subtle impact widely. You know the fact that it's raised awareness because here, here's what I'm thinking. It's like we, you and I, you know, we're we're you know a, a of a different generation than than kids who were born in you know the 90s or even the year 2000s, right? Yeah, we're old. Yeah, we're older. Um, and so when we hear about things like you know pr- protesting and and sit-ins and all that stuff, we have a certain Picture in mind of like you know the sixties and Bunch of hippies. the hippies exactly so that's that's what we think when we hear that um, but kid you know the kids the you know kids who are in that impressional you know, more impressionable age of like you know high school and college th- this is really relevant to them you know and so I think that this is the, you know if anything it'll 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 tip tip a you know flip a few switches in some of those folks who might not have otherwise considered it just because of the i think it's safe to say that sadly uh that you know the, there's a really high trend of complacency um you know in our in our youth in the younger generation you know because things have gotten so cheap and and convenient you know and people don't have to work as hard or try as hard for for so much you know stuff
0: well then you know I mean? they're they're the ones who are most likely not be able to find jobs right now though They're all the ones getting out of school. But you hear
1: what I'm saying, right? No, I I understand what you're saying. That's my You you do
0: sound like a bit of an old man. Like, back in my day, things were hard. And now the kids nowadays, everything comes to them.
1: I'm not saying that things were hard. I'm saying that things were different. I'm I'm saying that before the internet, like when we were in high school, there was no internet. And this kind of stuff wasn't as easily obtainable and wasn't. As as easy to to absorb and spread, you know. You just oh, you I just see. Didn't see You're it. Just from the information point, of view. I'm just talking. Yeah, I'm talking logistically, technically. Okay. Oh, okay. I that's thought all you I'm were, saying. Uh, no, okay. no, no,
0: gotcha. I, I well, mean that, that actually leads into what we're going to talk about today. So that's that's good. But before we do that, I just wanted to put one other thing in, which is um, a little another piece of follow up. Okay. Uh, I got a replacement battery for my acute B.
1: Oh yeah, I thought you was, that was quick. That yeah, came, I ordered come today. it
0: last Friday. It Came yesterday. And okay then I, you know so i uh i pulled the old one apart so on these on these prophoto batteries it's literally just sort of like this u-shaped band of metal that goes around you know three sides of it the bottom and two sides uh-huh <clears throat> and then this plastic cap that has the actual connectors in it uh-huh uh and a fuse a 40 amp fuse like a car fuse like yeah, little, exactly. Little like a one car fuse. Yep, like an old school car fuse, like nice. the old ones. And uh, and so I un- I it was like you know uh, what were the what are the little weird ones not the Torx like a yeah. uh, like a medium sized Torx wrench little star yeah mm-hmm. and I I uh, pulled off the top and unplugged it and put the other one in it fit perfectly uh-huh. now the. Replacement batteries from Profoto, which include this U-shaped thing and this plastic connector thing on top, sure. cost uh, around three hundred eighty or two hundred eighty dollars uh-huh. for the battery. If you want to get the new lithium-ion one, they're like six hundred dollars—crazy
1: uh-huh. for a battery.
0: Yeah, well, yeah. Um, and so I got a replacement lead-acid one, which is what was in there before. Yeah, for eighteen dollars and fifty cents.
1: Nice. So. I mean, it's basically like a little motorcycle battery, I'm guessing.
0: That's exactly – yeah, it's 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 a <clears throat> a 12-watt, like uh, – I forget how big it is, but, you know, you get the same one, and it's a standard-sized battery. Sure. The only thing you have to make sure you do is apparently there's two different-sized terminals. There are, like, one-third or one-quarter-inch and one-half-inch terminals. Hmm. So, for a usage like this, you want to make sure you get the one-half-inch terminal, which actually has a certain kind of – there's a certain – uh, um, word they use to describe like it's a terminal A2 or whatever it is. I yeah, don't, yeah, I don't some know. sort of yeah. nomenclature for such things. Yeah. But I plugged it in and uh, put it all together, plugged it in, and it's charging now. So what I'm going to do is, the old one, if I popped like three or four flashes, it went down to yellow.
1: <laughs> That's just wrong.
0: Yeah. So what I'm going to do is get it set up and just sort of pop like one every couple seconds. And uh-huh. just count and see how long it lasts. Yeah, see if it'll be better. But for twenty dollars versus two hundred and fifty or two hundred and eighty dollars, sounds like a good deal to no me. No brainer. If you could only get your hands on the little plastic part that goes on top,
1: well, it's like the proprietary ProPhoto thing.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. how they get you.
1: That's well. That's
0: some people online for. have actually wired up that <laughs> plate with some alligator clips and stuff, so that you could use like an external battery because it's a 12 volt battery you can plug in in an actual car battery sure you know and let it run forever yeah uh so anyway just neat stuff and and i'll let you guys know how it works out but so far so good nice uh so as dan was saying about the occupy wall street thing things have changed in the past 30 years that we've been around a little bit uh and and a lot of it has to do with getting in touch with different people so I thought it would be fun to actually talk a little bit about communications okay, and how it's changed and, and the issues of different things and and the issues going forward. Um, you know, when I was a kid, you either had pen pals or you were on the telephone. That's really your only two options, right? Is writing a letter and getting on the phone
1: pretty much or or physical, obviously hanging out
0: when you were a little kid. Did you actually have a rotary phone or was it? Did you always, did you start with touch tone?
1: No, we had, we had a couple of rotary phones in the house. I like rotary phones. Yeah. Well,
0: what, what was your phone number when you were a kid? Were there, were they high numbers or low numbers?
1: Um, what do you mean?
0: Well, for example. Oh, I see what you
1: mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, well our, our area code, I lived in New Jersey and so I had the benefit of one of the, the, the quick area codes. Yeah. Yeah. Which was 201. Okay. Um, but then but
0: the, wait, but the zero,
1: you got to go all the way around, right? It's true. Yeah. But you get, you know, but one and two are, are quick. Yep. Yep. You know, and I, I think we talked about this, right? About the history of the evolution of the area code and how, yes. how they came about. Yeah. For, a long time ago. For those that don't remember that <clears throat> real quick, the, uh, the area codes one, once they got implemented were assigned basically based on the size of your city. So if you look at uh like Chicago's three one two and and New York is two one two, uh they figured that you know, the larger cities were gonna have more calls so they would make it as, you know, less inconvenient as possible, you know, for the for the people with rotary dial phones so that they could dial them faster. Yeah. Um but yeah, no then the then the first two digits in the rest of the number in the in the exchange were eight and nine. So yeah. those were those were long. <laughs> to yeah. Wait for.
0: Yeah, I uh we were uh zero four zero nine were the other so it was bad oh yeah zeros we had a zero zeros and nines
1: our number ended in a in a zero
0: yeah and it's funny because people who never used a rotary phone or grew up after that i mean you actually had to wait for the thing to like scroll back around oh yeah yeah and you know and a zero probably took a second and a half to go back yeah You know, it's just kind of funny. So it's, you know, whenever I think of that, I always think about long distance. Sure. Which is something that I haven't thought about since getting a cell phone.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know,
0: you used to have a separate local carrier and long distance carrier. And then making long distance calls, maybe you had a calling card. So then you were dialing like 26 digits to try to make a single phone call to charge it to the right account. Yep. Uh, It's amazing. All these things that we thought were the new hotness the high tech stuff which were really just stop gaps to another generation you know sure uh did you like when you went to college did they have like those weird long distance code
1: cards that you had sure to get sure did yeah yeah i had one of those what what company was it ATT? i had uh, i think i had an mci one and then i had a sprint one yeah man those my were roommate giant had an AT&T one ass. yeah um I think enough time has passed so that I'm not going to get into trouble for talking about this, but, uh, I'm sure I, I, I'm sure I told you to figure out a way around it. Oh, sure. That, um, that I have a little bit of experience in, uh, freaking. Yeah, sure. Uh, hacking, (laughs) hacking the phone system. Wait, that's called freaking, right? Correct. With a pH. Yes. Uh, yeah. When I was in college, uh, or maybe even early high school, I'm sorry, late high school, early college, um, i I was into interested in that sort of stuff, and I spent a lot of time reading about things and learning stuff and um, I built what was called a red box um, Now, I guess it's reasonable to assume that if 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 any of our listeners have recently read the Steve Jobs uh, biography they they might remember that little bit about where Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak uh, got together as. I guess college kids and sold blue boxes yep. out of the back of their car. Um, uh, the the red box is a, is a relative of the blue box um, in the, in the world of phone freaking. And you can, and most of this stuff is pretty readily available online. If you yeah. start Googling,
0: does it work anymore?
1: No, not yeah. anymore. <clears throat> um, it might work somewhere. There might be one or two holdouts. like Yeah. Or new, if
0: you're in some, you're in the middle in of the middle Arizona of or whatever. Yeah.
1: yeah. But, um, there were many different colored boxes, color coded, you know, code named that did, you know, various things, but by far the most common, the most popular was the red box. And what the red box did, it was a tone generator, and it enabled you to emulate very closely anyway, it wasn't an exact emulation, but it was really close, close enough to fool the system. Uh the tones that payphones would make Upon uh, inserting coins into them. Right. Um, so, in the old days, and this is, we're talking like basically, I guess, all through the late 70s, through the 80s, and into the early 90s. Um, <clears throat> when you dropped uh, a coin into a phone, it would send a little signal to the central office, letting the central office know how much money you put in. And the three. Uh, coins that payphones would accept were nickels, dimes and quarters. Uh, so uh, a nickel would be one little beep. A quarter would be two little beeps. And I'm sorry, a dime would be two little beeps and a quarter would be five little beeps. And well, how high are we talking? Like BDD. Yeah. Uh, it would be did it, it like that? Like that's the, the sort gotcha. of pacing of it. Did it, did it, you know, like that. And uh, so it wasn't that hard for you to go out and buy some parts, and put one of these little boxes together and you basically, you walk up to a payphone, you dial the number that you want to talk to, and then it asks you for some money. <laughs> and yeah. then you sit there and you push the buttons, quote unquote, feeding it money. And then it would place your call and off you went. And there was a point in time. So awesome. Yeah. It was really cool back in the day. Um, there was a point in time when I had a roommate that had a girlfriend in California, cause he was from California and he totally screwed up our phone bill. He'd like ran up like a $700 phone bill and, you know, we didn't have 700 bucks. So we were, I was literally like, I could, we couldn't have a phone in our apartment because, because you know, they, they wanted the money. <laughs> yeah. So I wound up getting myself. I can't remember. There's a bunch of things that I did. Um, I know I had a beeper for a while cause those were cheap. Oh, like, beepers. I yeah, forgot man. About those. Remember those? So I had a, a beeper that I want to say cost me like seven or eight bucks a month. And then I think I also at one point got myself a, a voicemail box so that, um, you could call me and leave a message. So between the beeper and or the voicemail and the red box for a good year, if not more, I that's how I handled all of my telephone communication.
0: How big are these red boxes?
1: Well, the the, the classic one, I still have one of my old ones in storage somewhere. It was based on a Radio Shack uh, pocket tone dialer, and that essentially looks like a little numeric keypad. With a little speaker on the back that I would guess is about maybe two inches in diameter with like little rubber pads on it, you know, like a little circular rubber pad so that you'd essentially hold that rubber pad up to the mouthpiece of the phone. And the idea was for folks who hadn't made the investment in uh, a touchtone phone, you could use this and it would generate the touchtone signals so that you could make touch tone calling, you know, make, make touch tone calls and, and use like, if you had a the the theory was like, Oh, I have, you know, a bunch of phone numbers that I call all the time, or I have like a a calling card. That's, you know, a really long, you know, 22 digit number or whatever. And I don't have to sit sit there typing it all, you know, every time you can essentially pre-program in these sequences of numbers. And then you push like, this button, and then it goes, you know, just like like a speed dialer, basically, like yeah, a pocket the speed dialer. One thing that
0: always drove me nuts about all those calling cards and things was you screw up one number, 13, <sighs> 20 digits in.
1: Yeah, hassle. And you got to
0: hang up and start over.
1: Yep, those are the days. So, so the 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 way it worked is the uh, the tone dialer. Um, I guess we could talk a little bit about this. Um, touch tones are are essentially a pair of frequencies. There's a grid. Um, if you look at the, the, the numeric keypad on your telephone um, there are two frequencies that get mapped. like the, 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 rows have one frequency and the columns have another frequency. And then depending on which button you push, you get those two frequencies. And that's, that's, that's how it knows what number you've pushed. Uh, so that, that, that the, the technical term, classification for that is, is called a uh, dual tone Modulation frequencies or, or DTMF. Sometimes you might see that around. Right. So now the the traditional numeric keypad has just the, the nine buttons on it. You know, really the 10 with the zero. But if you extend that grid out a little bit more, there are still frequencies that were used by the phone company for other stuff like routing calls. That's where blue boxes came in. Blue boxes were essentially DTMF jet tone generators with the additional buttons uh, to the right, if you will. Of the nine the six and the three um, that would allow you to do call routing and stuff like that so all of the all of the tones that we hear uh, on the telephone like the busy signal, the dial tone, uh, the call waiting sound you know all those sorts of noises are all DTMF based um, just different frequencies and then different uh, durations in milliseconds so some nerds figured out that if they were to take the existing crystal, a little, a little, you know, electronic component uh, out of the the Radio Shack tone dialer that was generating the DTMF, and and replace it with a slightly faster one. So let, let's say there was a two megahertz crystal in there, and you replace it with a six megahertz crystal. The the the, the unit would function the same way, but everything would just be higher in pitch. Doubled, yeah. Exactly. So, and, and I'm just using those numbers arbitrarily. I can't remember what the actual. Crystal's frequency was, but that's that's the that's the concept. So all you needed to do was bust this thing open with a screwdriver, desolder the crystal that was on there, resolder the crystal that you bought from you know your favorite electronic hobby place, and uh, button it back up. And then you'd program in. Oh, oh, and the 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 note, the key that was the closest to the coin drop note was the star key, uh, the lower right hand corner. Um, And then you'd basically program in, you know, a a speed dial number for one star, two stars and five stars for your nickels, dimes and quarters. And that is how it worked. Freaking. Yeah. Good stuff.
0: But, you know. Yeah. People now people don't do any of that stuff anymore because how long have you only had a cell phone?
1: I got my first cell phone in the late 90s.
0: Okay. Uh, I used to install car phones in cars.
1: Oh, yeah. What yeah, up, like a college, uh,
0: at the Carphone Store, a uh, local chain in Connecticut area. In the There's place. actually
1: a place called the Carphone Store. The Carphone Store. You're kidding me. Nope.
0: And it was a franchise, and uh, I, um, it was a franchise, and and I got a job. I wanted to do installation, so I so I started installing and. Putting car phones in cars was fun because, I mean, you had to wire it up and move it around. And certain cars are more of a pain in the ass than others and whatnot. But one of the perks of it was that I got a free phone. Oh, look at that. I got I got my own phone for free up to 300 minutes a month.
1: Amazing. Was it an NEC?
0: Uh, actually, one of the phones I did have was an NEC, and that was a good phone. Yeah. But that was actually in the car. And then,
1: and then the junk eventually, goes in the back, right?
0: Yeah. And then I got a, a handheld, but the thing was, is that back in the did in you have a days, phone? One of those
1: phone in the bags? <laughs> uh, what, I
0: didn't, which is essentially just uh, the like car version, the installed car version, but with like a with, battery with a battery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what those were. Because <laughs> uh, we used to actually rip them apart or put them back together again, depending on what we needed at a particular time. Mm-hmm. So I used to do all those old Motorola ones and all kinds of crazy yeah. stuff. Remember the um, what was it?
1: The Microtech. The gray yep, one. Yep, my yep. dad had one of those.
0: Well, so the the little handhelds uh, were only point six watts, where uh-huh. the where the in car in phone in car phones were three watts. Uh-huh. So they were like six times more powerful. Wow, you know, mm-hmm. um, so there was a big difference in the amount of uh, distance you could get because the towers were f- uh, few and far between at the time. Totally. Uh, but I used to. Oh man, I remember. I one time. Oh, we forgot
1: one other thing. What did oh, we forget? No, no, I'll put it on the list. Don't worry.
0: Okay. Um, one time, I was installing. I was there late, and I was installing a, 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 a car phone in an old in a BMW, a nice BMW. Uh huh. And as part of the thing, you had to actually cut the carpet in parts <laughs> okay. to sort of get a wire through to you know hook up the the, the sure you know, and the, hook up the mount. And I did that, but I slipped, and the razor blade went through my finger essentially. Ow
1: yeah that sounds bad
0: now I used to play piano really seriously and I always it's not that I it's not the sight of blood that gets me like somebody else's blood is fine uh huh but my own hands I was like weary about uh huh sure understandably yeah and I was there late and no one else was around because I was running late and I like ran to the bathroom I remember and I remember like grabbing my finger you know how like when you do that when you cut yourself yeah
1: you, you grab like, it and thinking like you'll squeeze you know cut instinctually
0: it off. Yeah. yeah hold it tight So I go in the bathroom and I let it run underwater for a minute. It's just all blood. (laughs) And so I go sit down on the conference table in this room and I'm just thinking to myself, okay, just breathe. Don't faint. You're going to be fine. You know, I'm like holding it with some uh, paper around it. Sure. And then like five minutes later, I woke up because I had passed out. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. But but, but that's not the best story. The best story is I had to go up. There was a company called Crystal Rock Water Uh in Watertown, Connecticut, and they were this big, you know like bottled water company sure and uh the ceo of the company wanted they made like you could get that nice what, what was the t- what was the motorola phone your father had
1: the micro the gray okay one.
0: yes he, it was the Microtac because that was like the new hotness at the time
1: oh yeah it was a flip phone yeah <laughs> kind of
0: and they had this like <clears throat> a, a cradle that you could click it into so that when it was in the car it oh, was right. three watts and right, then when right, it was right, out of the right, car right. it was just a handheld right right uh, so I had to go put one of those in this guy's wife's new Audi. Okay. And so I go up there, and the bitch about Audis at the time was that it was almost impossible to get to the fuse box. or mm. the fuse box was underneath the hood, mm-hmm. and getting a power line through the firewall was a nightmare. Mm. And you don't want to do that in those European cars if you don't have to. Mm. So the the way around it is to actually grab steel power, because it doesn't use that much power. Off of the stereo,
1: you right, or like the antenna. That would right. be a classic way to do it because like a right. lot of those cars had motorized antennas. Yeah.
0: the problem is that the motorized antenna messes with the frequencies because it's there's so much noise because of the motor mm. on the same signal. Mm. Uh, so anyway, you, you you what you can do is you can pull out the radio and tap on to the stereo leads certain wi- colored wires for certain colored things. Sure. And so you, what you do is you have these like little uh, there's. Two holes and on either side of the stereo to the right and left sides, and you put these pins in and you push them inwards a little bit, and it kind of like loosens these clamps.
1: Oh, to to remove the actual stereo.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I remember those right. things. Okay, so you do that, but this particular stereo, which you had to sort of hold on to it somewhere else, and where you held on to it was like inside the cassette thing. <laughs> you kind of stick your two fingers in and just kind of pull from there. Jesus. So here I am on site, like not doing it in the normal installation bay where I have all my gear, but I'm like, you know, with my one little box of stuff Uh at the Crystal Rock headquarters, Uh out in like the the parking lot, all alone, like 19 year old kid kind of scared already. Sure. And I pulled and I broke the LCD on the
1: stereo. Oh. You
0: know that kind of clink?
1: Yeah. A little snap. Kind of like a And
0: then it just, it all just like bleeds into each other. Oh, it's the worst. Yeah.
1: literally one of the worst things right oh man awful that's like a what like a blaupunkt or something awesome well see that's the thing right
0: (laughs) it's not just that it's an expensive stereo but it's like the OEM from some European company right right so I think the stereo is like $700 to replace and you had to pay for it too right I didn't have to pay for it, you know. My boss did that, but like I got reamed. Oh, sure you did. And still to this day, like I just imagine my hands in this thing and pulling, <laughs> just cracking the oh, LCD. Man. I,
1: I remember the, fir- I mean, the first time I did something like that was when I was installing. I think I was, I was replacing a uh, an LCD panel, um, in a uh, in a computer in a, in a power book or something like that, and I, I did something really stupid. I can't. <laughs> Yeah, I, I either broke the panel or I, I pulled the pins off of the cable somehow. I didn't remove it correctly, and I wound up just, like, totally, you know, killing the part. And it was, like, another $400 for a new one, which sucked.
0: Yeah, and like a uh, friend, a guy I knew, put a screw through an airbag relay.
1: Whoa, that's dangerous.
0: Yeah, it's not only it's dangerous, but it's, like, the worst thing that you could ever do because those airbag relays are, like, thousands of dollars.
1: Oh, man. Yeah, So it's bad. There's one so other anyway, one yeah. other um, means of communication that we forgot about, which is radio, uh, specifically Citizens Band, aka CB radio, ah, and that, did ham you radio. you Have a CB radio? Well, my father was a ham radio operator. Oh, your father's a ham. Yeah, and I grew up with that all you know all as a kid. So I was taken to ham fests, and my dad had a radio room in the basement, and uh, you know CQ cards up on the wall. And uh, we had an antenna on our roof, you know, for his for his radio kit. And, uh, you know, I sort of just grew up with that, you know, and he had a little vacuum tube shoebox collection in the in the basement. And um, we and we had, you know, we always had just random cool electrical bits, you know, yeah. hanging around. I mean, he built half the stuff himself and then the other stuff. And I mean, all the cars had the ability like my dad's car had he was also pretty active into scanning. Um, that's another sort of weird side hobby that yes people like to do they like to listen to you know uh, the, police, the police police scanners. chatter yeah police and ambulance and here in New York I mean there's no there's no end to the stuff that you can listen to but nowadays, everybody's got their is it, own frequencies. Is it not encrypted it, it's getting more and more as technology you know evolves but back in the 80s man it was, used to
0: be just radio yeah. flying around and yeah. you know in our
1: small town in New Jersey I mean you could just le- you know he just left it on and you could you could hear <laughs> the random you know chatter that the cops would would make which wasn't much you know um, he was just, you know, there's one of his weird little hobbies, but anyway, that's, that's another way that people communicated, um, way before, uh, the internet ever came sure. around and, you know, as an alternative to long distance.
0: Yeah. And, and, and CBs, how far is the distance? How far can a CB carry?
1: CBs are not that far. I want to say it's maybe 50 Ten, miles. Yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: th- I mean the only, the CBs, I mean, Smokey and the bandit. Yeah. I think that that's. Whatever, I, Whenever I think about CBs, that's the kind of thing I think of, like that sort of mid to late 70s, that was the cool thing to have in your car at the time. Well, I
1: think the, 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 the whatever you want to call it, the marketing appeal was, you know, because everybody knew about, ham radio was actually way more popular back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, because, you know, everybody knew what that was. Sure. Um, and they're like, oh, but I have to, you know, get a license and take a test and learn Morse code and... You know, and then this equipment is, is kind of specialized and if it breaks, I don't know how to fix it and it's expensive and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I think rightly so. Uh, these radio manufacturers came up with this concept like, you know, we're going to make this really simple, you know, just like basic walkie talkie, you know, you know, whatever, 36 channels. And yeah. it's on a very narrow band and it's not going to get in, you know, again, back then <laughs> the the radio airwave spectrum, you know, was nowhere near as bombarded and populated as it is now. So they had plenty of room. And, um, and I think it worked, you know, I think it was really common for, for truck drivers and, and people in boats, you know, and recreational, you know, hikers and camping, you know, people, families would use them. You know, I remember we, you know, we had a pair of walkie talkies, not, um, not my family because my dad was a ham, but I had other friends whose, you know, family would have a little collection of walkie talkies that they, you know, use when they would go out camping or whatever for fun. Um, and, I had uh, a
0: crappy, I had a crappy pair of. Cobra? No, like Radio Shack. Radio Shack brand? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember they had those, you know, like the rubbery antennas. Like yeah, the long, rubber, yeah. they call them rubber ducks. Rubber ducks. And I mean, these were like, you know, the crappy consumer yeah. version. Sure. And I remember keeping them in the box and it had, sty- it was like a styrofoam package that slid into like a paper box, you know, a cardboard uh-huh, box. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I remember keeping them in it. So now to this day, like I can imagine opening it up and pulling the th- you know what I mean?
1: I do. I do. Like I have
0: this tactile sense of of opening up the box to pull these things out every yeah, time I used them. I remember. They never seemed to work all that well or the ones I had didn't reach between me and my friend Matt Garrity which was like four houses away.
1: <laughs> I actually had one so my dad gave me an old CB that he had um and I was able to communicate with my buddy Scott in Franklin Lakes, you know, which is the next town over.
0: That's impressive.
1: Yeah. Well, I had a, I had a big uh, antenna outside my window. We put up like a nice yeah. four-foot Shakespeare, you know, antenna. Shakespeare's the same company that makes fishing rods, too. Um, and, <laughs> hey, uh, we can
0: make a big, long metal thing. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. CBs. That's, yeah, man. Yeah, that's so, a
0: good one. I hadn't thought of that. But. Yeah, but radio
1: is, is, and still, you know, to this day, if and when, you know, the internet fails and the phone, because you know, now everything's digital, you know, everything's yeah. digital and everything depends on power. Yeah. Radio, ham radio specifically and well and military radio um works as long as there's no interference, you know? yeah I mean it you could plug a battery in and put up an antenna and broadcast away.
0: You what are you uh, watching uh what's the what word what movie was it with uh, Kevin Smith?
1: Frequency? Oh. No. Kevin Smith.
0: Yeah, The Die Hard 4 where Kevin Smith uh, has the CB. <laughs> I guess so. Uh yeah, yeah it's now okay, it so Please
1: Die Hard or whatever
0: fast forward to 1993 and okay. I go to college. You were there for what, a year before that?
1: Uh, yeah. My first year of college was 92.
0: Got my first email address. Nice. WGW 93001 at UConn dot edu. Wow. That's a long one. Yeah. I, I had friends though, who went to like Columbia, which uh-huh. was actually one of the original like nodes on the internet. Sure. So it was like, there were just, his was, uh, hhl4 at columbia.edu Howard Lee and it's really funny because uh, friends and I would refer to Howard as hhl4 (laughs) nice for for years later after he was no longer you know nice Um, but then you know then I got I went to Boston a couple years later and, and got like my own little ISP so I can get my own personal thing, which was like, you know, wadmin at net, something like that. Some local thing, mm-hmm. Uh galaxy internet service. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you, when you were first on email, mm-hmm.
1: how were you accessing it? Um, I want to say they happened some very close together. I got my school. I went to the art Institute of Chicago, Artic.edu, or Artic Edu, as we used to say, a R T I C. Dot. E D U. Um, and I, I guess I must have gotten the art institute email address first because that was dgott. So I was dgot at artigidoo. Um, and then <laughs> that, that's really great. Yeah, and then uh, Yeah, and then I used the same dgott prefix when I got my first private one, which was from an uh, ISP in Chicago called InterAccess. So I was dgot at Interaccess.com for a long time um,
0: but and, when you were at school did you use what do you use pine what did you use no to?
1: what did we I used Eudora I was a Eudora guy
0: even back then Eudora was around
1: totally do Eudora was written by UIC the, the you know the people who wrote um, I think that some of the people were on the same team that wrote the original mosaic way yeah. way way back when The NCSA, the National Supercomputing Association, or whatever. I want to. I I mean, I want to say they came from this. I might be wrong on that, but I remember Eudora being like awesome because it was all you know. All the mailboxes had their own windows, and it was really user friendly. Yeah,
0: because for me, I remember the only way I could access was like from like a telnet window.
1: Oh, I never. Yeah, we never. I mean, we had that option. Um, I'm, like basically,
0: to, just there were these terminals around campus and then you could dial in.
1: Well, that's also, let's make a point of mentioning that, that this is also back in the days when there was no such thing as DSL no. and everybody, everything was dial up and you yeah. had to choose between like PPP or slip back yes. in the days. And then there was oh also, God, I forgot about that. Yeah. And then there's ISDN, which was like really expensive, but right, awesome. no one had that. Well, I actually had a friend who had one of those. He was well, really rich. Well there you um go. But, uh, um, but,
0: but I mean, as schools, yeah, I mean, it was, it was all like these old terminals from like the mid eighties. Yeah. And, see,
1: we, we didn't have the, we had a couple of Macintoshes, so we were just using, you know, Eudora basically. Yeah. Uh, and gopher. Oh yeah, sure. But gopher wasn't for email.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, but email man, that like that really kind of changed everything. In some ways, because well, yeah. then college kids could talk as much as they want back and forth to people, back and forth to each other. Well, there's an, for uh, nothing.
1: Well, there's also before email really was uh, IRC. Um, yes, the Internet uh, Relay Chat.
0: Yep, uh, and called. even before that would be all that crazy stuff uh, on bulletin. You mean there were bulletin board Real, messages?
1: Sure, sure, the predecessors of and using there were
0: it. what FidoNet. Well, FidoNet where you could, <sighs> where you was could, different. Where you could send messages between bulletin boards over the internet—is that how that worked? N-
1: not not exactly. FidoNet started out as a gated bulleted board system that was originally intended and designed to be used with dial-up private bulletin board systems. So, to kind of stick it into the context here, before the widespread availability of the internet, um, so so let's 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 put this now in, in time. Um, this is in the Late 80s, early 90s, mid 80s, uh, where it wasn't unreasonable for your computer to have a modem, but there was no such thing as the Internet. So so you couldn't just get an email account from your local ISP because they just didn't exist. But what did exist were guys who were really into computers and communicating and sharing with other people. And they would basically uh, host what's called a bulletin board system, a BBS, which essentially was a computer with a special set of applications and software uh, installed and several, ideally, several modems. I mean, really all you need is a, is, a, is a modem and a phone line. And what would happen is you basically call this phone number with your computer, and then the other computer picks up the phone, and then your computers start talking to each other, and next thing you know, <laughs> you're on this system. And you can yeah. browse, you can you can upload and download files, you can look at pictures, you can play games, you could chat, you could send inter-board inter messages to the other users on that board. And it was kind of neat because you know that's
0: that's how I used to pirate software before it the was, internet.
1: Absolutely, it was the the best way, the only way. I, to
0: I was software. I was elite on a couple local boards. Of and, course, you were. <laughs> and man, that was fun.
1: Thirteen thirty seven, yeah.
0: I remember when I was I was on some board that I knew had good stuff, but I wasn't in. Yeah. Uh huh. I remember I was just kind of like dicking around, clicking around. And the guy, the sysop came in and, and chatted with me. Your, yeah,
1: and it was just what, you and him. What was him.
0: that called? How, how do you? What was it called when they could like cut in like that? Well, was there was a term for it, wasn't there?
1: Private messaging.
0: No, but it was almost like an inner, like an instant chat.
1: Yeah, it was like a chat, basically. Yeah. What would happen is, is you know, you're... Because really...
0: I'm essentially on his computer. Exactly. You've that, just yeah. dialed into
1: someone's computer. And if he might be sitting at that computer, yeah. you know, he, he can pull up a window and start chat, t- typing with you. Yeah.
0: And so he came on and, like, was kind of, like, checking me out. Sure. Uh, and then eventually he's like, all right. I'll let you in. Give yeah. a second. Exactly. It's like, doo, 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 doo.
1: <laughs> and that, I mean, what you, what you just described happened to me dozens of times as a kid in high school. It and felt so
0: good. It, it was really Especially cool. That, the first time.
1: Yeah. And that was, that was my first incentive to learn how to type uh one of the uh interesting details about those sorts of chat sessions were they were the kind where you could actually see the person typing the letters as they as they hit them on the keyboard yeah. so yeah. if you if you were slow or bad you know you, it it reflected it negatively on you so uh that was my first major incentive to you know to get good at typing quickly and accurately yeah. um and then the other thing that was really cool about that and i i and you know, i i take this totally for granted these days but it's really kind of paid off for me is I I, I developed this sort of intuition about whether or not someone was being straightforward or how smart they were, or how knowledgeable they were based on the way that they would chat. You know, you you could sort of you could tell if somebody was was, you know, was for real or not or how smart they were based on the the, the way that they would say things, how quickly they would respond, Um, you know, certain certain cues as far as, you know, slang and and, you know, you know, grammar and stuff like that. Um, which, you know, which it, it's obviously not as 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 big of a deal now as it was back then. But um, you could really I mean, that would that was the in my experience, that was like my first real step into the world of social networking and making friends, uh, you know, looking, keeping an eye out for things that might, you know, might not be of terrible value to you, but might be value to someone else so that that might be help you out in the future, you know, so it's just like, sure. Oh, you know, I yeah. was on this bulletin board and this guy ha- had a post saying he was looking for this one game and I, I couldn't care less about that game, but I happened to see that game posted at this other board. So yeah. I would download that game from that other board and then go over to this place. and like, Hey man, I saw you were looking for this. Here you go. And it's like, Oh wow. Thanks man. Here. Why don't you now, you now you have access to this, you yeah, know, yeah, that sort sure. of thing. And you know, it was just basic bartering one-on-one, but it was a really valuable lesson to learn.
0: Did you, um, how fast were you then? Twelve hundred
1: twenty-four. Um. Yeah, twelve and twenty-four. I didn't. I never owned a ninety-six hundred baud modem.
0: Okay. I in when I was in high school, like ninety-two. Mm-hmm. There was one kid named Mike Soriero, and he had a US Robotics HST.
1: Nice high-speed transfer, man. That was the And way. he brought one over. Those are upgradable. They still make those, dude. You can still. Yeah, get Yeah, they those.
0: went from ninety-six to fourteen-four. Right. You could, oh yeah. You could actually change. So they, uh, he brought it over and it's connected serial port, to sure. You know, it was sure, like, sure. A, it was black like six by nine by like an inch tall. Uh, yeah. It was, it was like,
1: it was black. It had about maybe a dozen red LEDs on the front of it.
0: Yeah. 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 And I remember, and at the time, I mean, those were like $600 oh, at the time. I was, I was like, like I wanted I
1: my dad to buy me one so badly, dude.
0: Yeah. And it was outrageous that he actually had his hands on one. So he was my friend because he had an HST.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and, and then when I went to college, the first thing I did, the first day I was there, because you got such deals at the computer store, at the co-op, you know? Right. Uh, I bought a U.S. Robotics 14.4 internal oh. for 185 bucks or something. Nice. It was like, you know, because that's the point at which modems started coming down in price. Sure, sure. And uh, the internal one, and I got a deal and whatever. And I, I still remember getting that box and being, I like, was like... Uh, Jittery coming home with it because I was like, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember what mine.
1: I had a Hayes. I can't. Were you, remember. Were, were you an external or an internal? Internal. Guy? Mine were all internal. Some um, people swore by the externals. Yeah, I. I if I had my brothers, I would choose the external because you could take it with you. I can't. Oh, it was a smart modem. That's what it was. A Hayes smart modem, and yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, it was awesome. man. it, it was this awesome, huge, full length board, weighed like a pound, had an awesome, huge speaker on it. You know, like, yeah. and you could hear it from a mile away. <laughs> you know, I yeah, remember yeah. like that's one of the first AT commands you you, you learn when you're you know b- BBSing in your basement. And you don't want your parents to hear you, as yeah, you you, know, you mute this, you down. mute the speaker. Yeah, sure. Um, but uh, yeah, man, those those are some really g- great times. And what's what's kind of crazy is well, plus you're on the line if somebody else picks it up, well, and it well, drops the connection. We were we were fortunate enough because my father. Um, was relatively computer savvy. We had a second phone line pretty early on. So he would use PC uh, anywhere. Bastard. Yeah. He would use PC anywhere on his IBM XT to, to, to remote into his machine at work. Um, well, that's pretty hip. Yeah. And he would, and you know, he was just, you know, I don't know what exactly he was doing. I guess just, you know, spreadsheets and text documents yeah, or whatever yeah, it was. Yeah. But, um, but when he was, you know, he was at work during the day <laughs> yeah. and I came home from school at two or three in the afternoon, I knew that no one was going to be uh, using the line, so I had, yeah. I had some time. The to other, pay.
0: the other command would be the one to turn off, like total phone to turn off call waiting. Oh, right, star uh, star six star
1: seventy one. I think that was
0: yeah, maybe. Uh, but uh, see, that that's a whole other world, and I, I don't mean to sound like an old guy, but like that's a whole other world. The kids are never going to. know.
1: Well, yeah, and and what's yeah. really kind of I think is kind of special about that is it really is a, a a really narrow slice in time. You know, it really yes, was only was. there's like a golden era of about ten maybe 15 years tops There's a that was,
0: documentary about all that stuff. Yeah. I watched about it about the BBS. I so watched was it, it any
1: good. It was uh it was, it was nostalgic for me. Cause I knew a lot about what those guys were talking about. And I remember I was a little too young in some respects and a little too uninterested in others. Um, but I was in, I was in it. I was, you know, I was around there and I remember a lot of those words and those characters and those, those, those names. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was that, I mean, we're getting off topic here, but the whole antsy art scene. Um,
0: oh, that's yeah. No, that's a whole other thing. Was insane. I, my my first my first real roommate in college was this guy named Will Sippela. Mm-hmm. William. His handle was W I 2 I A M cuz okay. the L's sure. looked like a Roman numeral too. Sure. Um and he used to have he used to like sit and listen to uh uh, uh Front 242 and Frontline Assembly.
1: <laughs> nice. And
0: he had like tattoos on his legs and like on his shoulders wow. like and he he had like purple hair and he would dye and this This was back in the up.
1: 90s, right? Early 90s. This is early 90s. Yeah, so that's yeah. pretty hardcore back then.
0: And he used to wear like uh used to wear like all these cut-off commando shorts, you know, like you know sure. the the it just it, it just he was just a he was a computer geek with a bad haircut, Nice. you know. But he was a sweetheart and we were friends. Uh and uh in fact, I looked him up recently and I found him somewhere at some computer company in in uh in California and he never wrote me back.
1: Hmm. How nervy. Which I'm,
0: I'm a little offended by, but, uh, um, to, to but, br- well, well, hold on a second. But so he was totally into the ANSI art scene. Oh, nice. And he used to actually sit up at night listening to that terrible music, drawing stuff, stuff to try yeah. to impress awesome. the other kids. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. That was awesome. Uh, just, I was going to bridge the gap The sure. my, my, um, entry, my intro to phone freaking was a hundred percent through BBSing. Um, because what would happen is, you know, you log into a bulletin board and you you start poking around and you see what files were available. And sure, there's going to be games and there's going to be pictures and, you know, porn and whatever, but there's also, there would also always be like a text file repository, you know? So you could download like a, a text file that would be, you know, sometimes it'd be stupid stuff like, you know, how to, um, I don't know how how to, how to, how to uh, make a disc image, you know, how, you know, like how to stuff, you know, how to, how to copy a floppy so that you could upload it or, you know, how to, um, I can't remember how to program something, but then there was also, you know, how to get free phone calls, you know, how to, how to hack into the government, you know, stupid, stupid See, stuff like that. I was like that.
0: too scared to do any of that stuff.
1: Well, I wasn't, I wasn't interested in doing it, but I was all, I was always interested in, in what it was about and how it could be done, you know? Um, so I, I had no, no qualms about. Uh, you know, l- reading about it. I was never, you know, thinking about doing it, I, I, you know, not without weighing the risks and sure, you know, obviously when I learned about the red boxing stuff and, you know, that stuff, I'm like, all right, well, this is, this is a reasonable, you know, risk. And I think I can get away with something like this. So I gave it a shot, sure.
0: and it worked out for you.
1: It, it it did. I never got caught.
0: Man, we may, we may need to cut this uh, into two shows.
1: Yeah. We haven't really gotten into the, the other stuff that you wanted to talk we about. We haven't
0: gotten into the modern internet-y stuff. It's true. So maybe we stay pre-internet for the moment and, and yeah. finish up that. And then sure. we'll get into the fancier stuff next time. Totally. Um, what, have, what are we forgetting? Wait, go back to beepers for a second. Okay. Beepers. Uh, so you actually had a beeper.
1: <laughs> I sure did. I had two beepers.
0: Now, the idea was somebody calls, it beeps, you type in a number, and then that number shows up on the beeper on the person's hip. Yep. Uh, and uh, generally uh, connected to drug dealers.
1: No, I think the most common use of beepers and, and to this day is still the case is, is doctors. Um, yeah, be- hospital, still get hospital beepers, yeah I, dude, I was just having a chat with this lady who works at some clinic and she had a beeper there. They still use it. I guess if you think about it, it, it's not broken. I mean, the the protocol is really clean because they don't you don't need to talk to somebody. You just need to let somebody know that, you know, you need to respond to this message. Yep. You know, and if you can send, you know, whatever, 160 characters or whatever, you know, like a, like a tweet or an SMS message, um, just to a little box on a, you know, that someone has on their belt. It's not, it's, it's not a text. Me- I mean, I guess the, the argument will be, why don't, why don't you just text them? But, um, but it's nice to have, I mean, I don't know about you, but if I were working at a hospital, I would be fine with not receiving text messages on my personal phone. Sure. You know, well, I th- you know,
0: initially it was all numbers and then it got to the point where you could do the texting like, uh, messages, actually text messages right. on the beepers, right. Uh, the fancier ones. Right. But I mean, again, there, that's like a bridge technology.
1: Yeah. I would say, cause it's still using the cell network. I would, I would equate beepers to like SMS, which is still using the cell phone network, but it's, sure. it's extremely yeah. re- resilient and redundant and, 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 you know, doesn't, doesn't use a ton of bandwidth and is really cheap as far yeah. as the cell companies are concerned. Um, yeah.
0: I remember when uh, when I was at University of Connecticut, I was up at UConn, and I, because I had a phone from my work, they let me keep it during the year at uh-huh. the cell phone store, uh-huh. at the, the the car phone store, as it were. Uh-huh. uh So I had this Fujitsu PCS, which I can never find anywhere online, because it was this really very small niche phone. Mm-hmm but it was so hot. I mean, at the time it was probably like a $900 phone, you know? Nice. And it didn't do anything but make calls obviously. But at the time it was like, Oh my God, look at that fancy thing. Yeah. Apparently some of my sister's friends, because I had a phone in my bag, thought that I was a drug dealer. Nice.
1: Yeah. My first cell phone was a Motorola StarTAC that Mm. I got on Sprint.
0: Uh, I had a StarTAC on Sprint too in 98.
1: Yeah. Right about then. I think that was, that was, I want to say right when I got it and I love that thing. That was a great phone.
0: It was a great phone. I still ha- didn't we use mine in yes, the we,
1: Rockwell shoot. We <laughs> did, and, and I, I had this amazing flashback of nostalgia when I was able to flip it open as quickly. You know, because you could hold it in a certain way and flip sure. it open with one hand.
0: Now, did you bother pulling out the antenna? I
1: didn't pull it out. It, it eventually broke. I yeah, think. but
0: some people actually you could pull it out, right? And it actually gave you a little more, a little more range.
1: I don't. I don't know. I never heard that.
0: Like you, you know, you pull it out like a little bit, and actually, it sticks. You I think, know, yeah, like I think I, I, I
1: wound up just not ever ret- pulling the actual antenna out. I just left yeah. it in. You know, it was retractable.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's one. All of this is one of those things where you feel like, oh man, what the hell is? Nothing's changed. Like in the last, you know, like not that much has changed in my life and then you look back and you oh my god yeah, everything's dude. changed some
1: things have changed a it little is bit. just <laughs>
0: like yeah it's it's just like the people who in the 80s you know i thought that cb radios looked really old even though they were probably only five years old the ones i was looking at yeah you know it's true five years old is the original iphone
1: coming up now yeah <laughs> yeah speaking of which i gotta go downstairs and pick my new one up Nice. Yep. This got my new iPhone 4S.
0: Now, how long do you have to be in your contract before they let you buy a new one? I don't
1: know. It's two years or something. Whatever.
0: Yeah, but you weren't actually up to two years because two close. years is coming up. Uh, as... I was eligible
1: for the discounted, you know, whatever, the regular price. Yeah. Uh, in, I think it in might November. be 18 months, Yeah, Because right? you're at about
0: like 18 months. That sounds about right. Did you buy yours right when the four came out?
1: Yeah, I, I tend to get them the day they come out.
0: How much are they going for on eBay? You know, I haven't checked. Are you going to sell the old one? I don't know yet.
1: I'm, 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 there's a part of me that kind of wants to hold on to it as a spare. Um, it's an expensive spare. Not that expensive. It's 200 bucks.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I, I think they go for more than that.
1: Well, if I, yeah, we'll see. I don't know what the market's like. Um, plus, you know, it's a nice little gizmo to have. Like, so, so, you know, I, I've been playing more and more games these days and, you know, kind of uh, for, for music keeping podcasts and because, you know, it still works just fine as a sure as an iPod touch. <laughs> Do you
0: know if if uh, if the case, if that case that you have will fit on the new one?
1: I don't see why I wouldn't. They're, they're oh, yeah. Exactly it's got the same. same it's a big
0: hole on the side, right? So it's not yeah. actually fitted to specific places for the buttons. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, one last thing, too. Yeah. I, I ordered an Amazon Kindle, but then
1: I canceled it. Yeah, you got the fire, the right? Order. The new one.
0: Or the fire. Yeah. Uh, because of reviews. Oh, but I thought that the reviews are all positive. The reviews are generally positive, but they brought up a few things that were going to drive me nuts. For example, uh-huh. there's no hardware, uh, no hardware volume control. Really? Yes.
1: Oh, that—that that was a crucial error of the first original first-gen iPod Touch.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that was a no-go.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm uh, with you.
0: Then eight, eight gigs total. Internal memory, yeah. two of which are taken up by the OS and stuff. So there's only six gigs to work with. Yeah,
1: but whatever. It's not like you're storing that much crap on there anyway. No,
0: it's all streaming. But yeah, but the, for what I want to use it for, actually, I would be storing stuff on it because like what? what I really want it for is like going in the subway with a couple of movies or taking it on a trip. Oh. You know, when I don't have an internet connection, that's when I would use it. Honestly, okay. no, yeah, I hear you, but still, if I mean, I'm at home, I'm going to use my big screen. and but dude, watch Six Netflix gigs on is that. a
1: ton of time. I mean, you'd yeah, have but to...
0: enough for for videos that yeah. I don't want to transcode. You well, know. you
1: can't I mean it's not like you have a choice about the transcoding. I mean the-
0: Well, okay. Well, see, here's the thing. The other option is the new Nook tablet. Yeah,
1: but no. Which is coming Would out you, later this week. Finish your list of things that you don't like about the <laughs> the fire.
0: Uh, well, those were basically it. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh and then so the Nook tablet, which is the, the new Barnes & Noble the Barnes one that's coming Noble. out on yeah. Friday. Uh-huh is uh, same basic stats, you know, dual core, blah, blah, blah. But instead of half a gig of RAM, has a full gig of RAM. So overall performance is going to be better. Uh-huh. Um, has 16 gigs of internal and an SD slot, which you can add up to 32
1: additional gigs. Well, I suppose that's cool if you're going to be, yeah. again, if you're going to be, you know, carrying things around with you. Right. And uh, and there's a huge uh,
0: community around the Nook Color is that the one that's out currently, right? I don't know the Nook Color. So people have taken that and they've hacked it so that you can just run regular Android on it. There's like a Cyanogen mod and stuff for it, huh? Right. Hmm. So then you could go in and install uh, the Gmail app and all those, all the Google apps that that which are kind of cool. Like it would be nice to have maps available, sure, that kind of thing. Even though it doesn't have GPS, but
1: now does the Nook have the same like always on for free perpetual? Why, you know, well, 3G yeah, but the, the,
0: the fire doesn't either. The fire's Wi Fi only.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, they,
0: they no longer have that thing. Well, they have it for the, the regular 3G Kindle. Kindle reader. Yeah, but does the
1: Nook? No, oh, okay,
0: none of them do. They're Wi Fi only. Okay, so people are getting them, and then you could use using the SD card, they sideload on stuff that breaks the bootloader, so they could put whatever Android you want on there. So I'm almost. You're almost guaranteed that they're going to try to do the same thing with the Nook tablet, and since there's such a big thing around the Nook Color already, the community is probably just going to slide over to that instead of trying to fight the Amazon one as quickly. Sure. You know? Sure. Sure. Uh, so for double the RAM and then a whole lot more internal drive uh, storage. Same price too, right? Two fifty as opposed to two hundred. Okay.
1: Well,
0: so fifty bucks. Kind of reasonable. Yeah, um, and slightly better battery life theoretically. So. What I did was I canceled that, and I figure, you know what? I'm going to check it out. And a lot of the reviews for the Kindle Fire say that the the OS has a few rough edges that, you know, need a little polishing. Mm -hmm. So I'm not in any rush to get it. I'm sure there'll be plenty in the next couple months. So if I go try the Nook thing and I'm like, yeah, this is all right, but the other one looks a little tighter or smaller, I can always order it. There you go. But uh, but I like the idea of buying a $250 tablet, 7-inch tablet.
1: That has some options. And then...
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the other thing, too. Once you hack it and get to the Android market, you could actually put on video players that'll play DivX. Nice. And MPEG-4 and that kind of stuff. So I probably won't even have to transcode the stuff Slic. that I grab. So well, I, don't know. I look forward that's... to
1: seeing uh, seeing what you do with it.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's where that's at. Interesting stuff, though. Totally. Yeah. Uh, so next time we'll get into all the rest of the stuff. Sure. We Email a... and IM and texting and... VoIP and all that kind of crap. Totally. So things, have cha- things are changing fast. It, well, you know? in the grand
1: scheme of things, yeah, it's only been yeah. what, 50 years? <laughs>
0: yeah. I mean, even, but no, I mean, even in the last 10 years, look at like I am alone is, you know, when a lot of people used AIM and then ICQ. a lot of people I knew used the MSN one for a while sure. or they used ICQ or they used Yahoo. Yep. And then they started making all these ones that, you know, spoke all of those languages and yep. confused everything. Yeah. Uh, so, I don't know. A lot to get into next time. Totally. All right, anything else before we wrap up?
1: Uh, I don't think so. Um, I guess we haven't mentioned the iTunes Music Store in a minute. Um, yes, right if you uh If you happen to get the chance, we would appreciate uh, a positive review if you like our show on the iTunes Music Store. Just go to the iTunes, you know, open up iTunes, uh, go to the iTunes Music Store, and then in the, the search field, just type in the word circuitous. And then we'll probably be the only thing that comes up in Well,
0: there's even a link on the circuitous.tv There you go. You can go to our website. website. Sure, sure.
1: Uh, and, you know, just give us either a star review or a, a little sentence or two about what you think of our of our podcast here, and we'd appreciate it.
0: That would be delightful. Yeah. Uh, so we are Circuitous Conversations with Bill and Dan, uh, circuitous.tv. Yep. Circuitousconversations at gmail.com.
1: Yeah. We still haven't received any emails yet. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Twitter at CirqueConv, which we do get stuff at sometimes. Yeah, we do. We we get get stuff in uh, the comments on previous episodes, too.
1: That's true. We do get comments on the website, so please uh, come on over and say hi.
0: And uh, we are at Bill Wadman and at Dan
1: Gottesman on Twitter. Exactly. And uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, see you later.